Right then. Hello, everybody. Four Blades in a pub here. Um, we've got our club back, uh, apparently. But what we have got is another win and two pretty decent performances against one of the country's best teams and plucky but very admirable Brentford in the last couple of days. So I'm John. And I cannot wait to talk about Sheffield United this evening with, with the lads. Ian, hello. Good evening. Dan, hello. Good evening. And Phil. Hello. So, yeah, uh, all, all jesting aside, it's it's great to, to see you lot. I didn't make it up to either game because I'm a terrible part-time supporter these days. However... I watched every kick of the Liverpool game and I saw most of the game on Saturday. And although I was claiming we'd beat Liverpool 3-0, we've not quite reached those dizzy heights yet. It's fair to say lots has improved. And also, as we'll get into, I think some of our reservations are slowly but surely uh, being eroded. So let's get into it. Who wants to kick us off? Well, oh, just to comment on how you started the pod, John. The, the there's been a bit of fuss about wild statements about getting his club back on social media over the last couple of weeks. And whilst I think that statement's a little bit taking it too far, or a little bit some understatement, I think that there's a bit of what Wilder's talked about about there being a disconnect between the fans and the players of late. That bridges have started to be built. And and you could see that with the reception they got after Liverpool and losing, and then again on Saturday. Hundred percent, Phil. Didn't see either of the receptions, but I the point, the greater point, and I think I touched on it before a while the ball being kicked under the new Wilder regime, and that was simply saying that just seeing him and hearing him, it felt a little bit more comfortable than it definitely has for a long time, you know. Um, and yeah, I think it's fair to say a few weeks ago, didn't really give a shit about any of the players, but there's been some performances and obviously a result now to go with a performance that came against Liverpool with a positive result against Brentford. And yeah, this is it's been a positive week since Wilder's come in. It's been, a well, six days. Been a real positive six days, officially in the door, that is. There are, there are some huge... Green shoots of recovery there, absolutely. Um, and obviously Wilder's got to take a fair chunk of credit for that. There has got to be a fairly large chunk of... The players had obviously decided they weren't doing it for the previous manager. They, they, they Basically, they've shit on him for for a, 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 a small or, or, or long, depending on where you look at the results period of time. Because you don't go from being battered 5-0 by one of the three worst sides in the division to, what, four days later, putting in a very good performance against one of the best sides in the country and then seven days later, putting in a a performance like we did there without having down tools previously. There hasn't been a, a huge tactical overhaul. There hasn't been a huge shift in personnel. So it's all down to the players wanting to do it, wanting to run, wanting to work, wanting to put tackles in, wanting to do the jobs. So, yes, big props to Wilder, um, but the players have got to look at themselves very, very hard and question their own 
um, well, profession, professional standards, basically. I think it's interesting. I, I There was Chris Holt of the Star tweeted on Saturday night, I think it was, nine points of note, but his first one was, kick it, head it, tackle it. Probably isn't a feasible long-term strategy, but it'll do the job for a while yet. And I kind of disagreed with that because I think there was a bit more to us than that. But equally, that, I think, in a way, sums up the difference in that there just wasn't that urgency there to get on the ball. There wasn't that responsibility. There wasn't that push to get a tackling. You know, well, that, The first goal against Burnley sort of summed a lot of what Dan's just set up. Three yeah. players had opportunity to do more than they did and hung a leg out and... We concede after 15 seconds one of the sloppiest goals of the season and we've conceded a lot of sloppy goals. I think you've got to, like you said, Dan, Wilder's got to take credit. He has to because he has changed the shape. He's putting square pegs in square holes, which hasn't been done. I mean, Norwood and Fleck played in centre midfield against Burnley, for Christ's sake. If that's not the manager almost waving the white flag before the game, I don't know what is. But Yeah, absolutely. I think the... The, the big thing that I've noticed in these two games, and I don't remember us doing it many times this season so far, is we're moving the ball forward quickly when we get it. And be that through passing it forward with purpose quickly, but more often than just passing it forward, we're running forward with the ball. And we haven't done that. The ball is, I was going to be, so for, you know, the obvious one is there has been a, a change in shape which I think allows us, despite having less defenders on the pitch, actually to get into a much more solid light block, which then is a foundation. And while the set is up when he came in last time, to stop conceding goals be difficult to beat. He's already sort of gone about that in the same sort of way. Um, in, on top of that, we've like we can talk about him individually, but having a player like Brooks in midfield allows, A, the ball to be carried, but he's, he's he's got the pace and the confidence. Now, he does the classic thing where he often looks like he... Well, and he does. He either is going to miscontrol it or he goes through someone like, someone's legs and all of a sudden he's progressed the ball 20, 30 yards with a little bit of skill and a bit of like raw, raw energy and determination. And obviously, Brooks has been in and around the... Uh, first team all season, even at the back end of last season, no one knew what position he played. And right. he, he played against um, Lincoln in the League Cup and looked a bit lost. Was he not playing out on? Was he playing wing back? I think. I, 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 before I'd seen him play much, I had him down as a like a left wing back type player. Well, it's, it, but he's clearly, he's clearly looks at home in this and. Got to be down to Wilder, which also answers another one of the big sort of question marks over him of the blooding of young players. You know, Peck got on the pitch the other night. We've all heard how good he is for God knows long now, how long now. Gets on the pitch for the first time. Brooks has started both games. There's definitely, I mean, obviously the bench will take shape because we can't continue to name three average left-backs on there. Um well, you'd hope we've got a bit more variety on the bench moving forward, but he's just he's, just wait till Ben Osborne's back. We'll have four. Well, we'll, we'll not on uh, on Saturday, will because one of them will come into the side, won't they? One of these three average left backs will come into the side. 
Yeah, with Robinson being out. Trusty, trusty will shift across and one of LaRouche, Thomas, Osborne. I think he'll be low. I think low, low. low will start. Yeah, would have Just because he's him. been because he's come on and he knows him and trusts him, doesn't he? Yeah. More than the other two. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised looking at what Wilder said. Um, I think it was on Talksport yesterday that LaRouche and Thomas might both go. In that, that interview on Talksport, are you talking about the one with Tony Cascarino and Natalie Sawyer yesterday morning? I've just seen snippets of it where he said that he's got a meeting on Wednesday. So and... I, I listened to that yesterday morning. I was driving over to, to Bowles over yesterday morning and, and just stumbled across it, just flicking around and stumbled across it. And obviously we were talking last week on here when we, when we podded last week about Wilder maybe going away and looking at what he did wrong last time. And, you know, maybe we're getting a, a, a more mature, for want of a better phrase, Chris Wilder. When obviously, when it when it all kind of finished for him last time and it went really bad, it was really, because he's always been quite, quite charismatic, quite chirpy, quite funny. When it ended towards the end, he was really kind of, kind of quick to jump on things, argumentative, pugnacious, just really, he wasn't himself at all. Listening to that interview the other day, it sounds like he's kind of back to the Chris Wilder that first took over. Obviously, we had the it's a praise for for Sheffield United, Bob. Have you been? Um, but yesterday morning he was kind of having a bit of banter with with Natalie Sawyer and Tony Casker, and I just wonder if he's got his mojo kind of back he, a bit. If he's got his groove back a bit, you know, not saying what's the film how Stella got her groove back. This is how Wilder got his groove back. But I just wonder if he has gone away and just had a look and thought, actually, this is it. I need to, you know, this is what I did wrong last time, and he's. Seems to be well. Also, in a couple of in a couple in in three weeks' time, when the window opens, we pick up a positive result against Chelsea. I think Villa's a monumentally hard task as is City, and then manage to beat Luton at home on Boxing Day. People are going to be. We're already we've won one game, and people on national media are using phrases such as green shoots and things like that. Which, I, in fairness, I've just used. I mean, no, we're not, no, but the, we're not national media, the, we're not local media, we're basically knobhead media, but... Yeah, uh, Dan's got lots in common with the, <laughs> the staff at, at Match at Day. If you said pugnacious on Match at Day, Shearer's head might explode, but like... <laughs> um, He's asked where the dog is. <laughs> I'm not doing a Geordie accent. Don't want to alienate Newcastle Blade or whatever it was. Anyway, so... Back to my original point, I think he can almost put it, it, it almost now sort of becomes like the set, like the spin doctrine, like the selling point. Like, well, you know, we're really up against it, but we've done this, and you know, he can if everything if that he gets all that right and we get a couple of results, if there is any sort of wiggle room to bring anybody in in January, it, it's a lot more of an appealing destination. Then it might have been at ten to bloody ten to ten on the thirtieth of August when Paul Heckingbottom's phoning people up to come and play. You know, I think it. I think it, it could it could be a real positive. And if he he does seem happier, how long that'll last? Yeah, obviously it's it's like he's we are he is in a, a, an absolute honeymoon period at the minute. He's come back. He's come back as the conquering hero. He's. We've had a couple of good performances, a good result, a clean sheet. So it's it's again, it's it's easy to be to be kind of chirpy and upbeat when things are going well. But it just 
He just Wilder strikes me as someone who works better when he's when he's enjoying things. You know, some people thrive under pressure, and some some people thrive when they're enjoying things and things are flying and they're, they're kind of they're bouncing off people and they're energetic and the the that just strikes me as how Wilder works. You know, you've seen his training sessions, um, and hopefully, like I say, he's he's got his uh, he's got his mojo back. The the point on the um on playing the kids and obviously you know he got a reputation last time probably for not blooding the the kids that we'd heard were coming through and then in the end we've seen like say a couple of players select to do the former you know leader of the academy didn't select when he was manager when he could have um but i thought the interesting thing i saw it on from the bladesman twitter account today he said the squad on saturday was the first since 17th of january 2015 not to feature a member of the 1819 promotion winning squad. And it, it's interesting isn't it, that Wilder's come back and actually maybe signified the end of that era. Now, you can argue Egan, as and when he's fit, might get a chance. But actually, we could have an established backline by then. He's not necessarily going to walk straight back in there. So who's left, is, who's left from that? Is, is, it, is it just Egan, Norwood, Fleck? Baldock. Baldock. Baldock, yes. Bashing Bash. him, obviously, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, realistically, out of those five, you would say if he's fit and on form, Egan's worth a place in the side. If he's fit and on form, Baldock's worth a place in the side. Norwood's probably worth a place in the squad. Basham, if we're being honest, no. He's probably not, is he? He's probably... He's, a, he's, for playing he's, he's an emergency backup. Basher. Yeah, before at the back, he even like. puts questions on Egan as well, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, that's... We don't need but to talk about that. But. But like I say, it's just an interesting sort of tide-turning point for the for the playing side as well. Do you know what, on Saturday, and even though we'd been talking about it in the pub before, when, when Peck was named on the bench and we were trying to work out if... No one could read Wilder's handwriting. He'd actually written Fleck and they'd just gone, well, oh, fuck it, he must have Peck and put Peck on. Enter the when, he, when he came on a sub, obviously you're looking at Bench. And I saw him stood there, I'm like, and it just completely got my mind that he was on the bench. And I was like, the fuck's this he's bringing on? I, I, I honestly could not remember for the life of me who it was. And then when he said Peck, I was like, oh, right. I get he's I just, a lot bigger than what I thought he were. I was going to say exactly the same yeah, thing, Phil. I thought he was like some little Will of the Wisp type, Mark Duffy type. Um, player. Do you reckon that's something in the name? That's going to sound like a really odd comment, but you know, like you just see a city pet, you just think he's going to be this little, little diminutive, nothing to him, midfield, you know, attacking midfielder. I don't know. I think there's definitely an element of that. I mean, I've heard good things about him. I've, I, I have heard good things about him, so. He comes from a good stock, doesn't he? We got him from Arsenal, so not that that means the be all and end all, but the, the, the talk of, of him being one of the next ones to come through has been there for a couple of seasons now. And yeah. I think he had a bad injury, didn't he? Um, yeah. He'd left Arsenal because of his injury record, hadn't he? Yeah, that was yeah. part of it. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I think he's, he's one of many positives from, from Saturday. We could, and It's probably worth picking out a few more, I reckon. Obviously, logical place to start the goal. Honestly, absolutely world-class goal, that. I'm absolutely not having anyone that says that was a cross. Anyone that says that a cross is absolutely talking out there. Well, if, if it's a cross, it's the worst cross. It's in the, the worst cross is that anyone's ever hit. 
Yeah. Our, our Joe was adamant at half time when I he was. Adamant. Yeah, he was absolutely. Yeah. And it's sorry, right, Chops, you're absolutely it. talking shit, mate. That's, that's not like Chops, is it? To to make a point. Then. But the thing is, I'm not back down, down in now. the trenches. Oh, no, he has. Oh, no, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Right, fair play. It, it was even better watching it back because you, at the time, you think he's meant it because of the way the way he's put, like you say, where he was curling it to, where he was putting it. But when you see him on the TV, just that look up and you can see he's, that, that's it. He's got his eyes straight where that ball's going to go. Yeah. Well, when he hit it, I I actually thought it, it had just sailed safely and aimlessly over the far post. It, uh, the net rippled and I'm like, what the fuck happened there? How did that dip and, and come in as far as what it did? I mean, if Unbelievable that's not, bit of scale. If that's not 30 or 40 years of condition as a Blades fan, that someone hits one from the edge of box <laughs> and you just assume it's going over bar. <laughs> I don't know. If that's not just like a Pavlovian response, I don't know what is. He, he's just he, he's just a great player, McAtee. And we've got to enjoy him because he's going to play at the very top level. And um, well, I've... Fun, Funnily enough, I didn't think he was that great Saturday. I thought first half he was really quiet and it might just be that more went down the opposite opposite side to where he was. But yeah, he scored the goal and a brilliant goal it was that won the game. But by his standards going forward with the ball, I didn't think it was his best game. It's not in, slagging him off for that. I just it just an observation. Yeah. But in a, in like a way. That, sorry, Ian. Can do, yeah. They blow hot and cold players like that, don't they? Of course they do. And and you know, then even elite versions of McAtee aren't ripping it up at like so constant. I'll take I'll I'll take ninety eight minutes or whatever of average James McAtee for that one moment. Because <laughs> there was enough players stepping up in that midfield to to compensate. Come on then. Come on, the main one in midfield, obviously, that's getting, and we'll, we'll come on to him in a bit just to please you, John. Obviously, Susan's the one that's been getting the, the sort of headlines for everything that he does. But for me, Chris so. Harmer was absolutely outstanding. I thought everything that good that we did came through him, whether it be that breaking play up or moving forward with a ball quickly. I thought he were brilliant, absolutely carrying brilliant. it. Coming deep, coming from deep, carrying us forward. Like point earlier, you know, it's not necessarily about passes forward; it's about carrying the ball forward, and that's what he gave us. What's what? What I'm hoping for for the next however many games. Obviously, it won't be able to happen at City. Is Hamer Souza et al. gets played together for a prolonged period of time, and Hamer's come into the club. Scored a amazing goal for his decent goal at Spurs, but he's been. Had different people next to him, like a lot of inconsistencies, being asked to go out on the left, all this nonsense. Playing next to Sousa with Brooks, there's a bit of some legs in there for him, which is obviously helping Sousa as well. Like, if they can play as a three for a, a fair few weeks, I can only see that being like a real positive in the all improving. Hayden's aggression is so, is so good, so important to what we're trying to do now as well. Definitely. Dan, you spoke last week about this redemption arc for, for Sousa and and half taken a, a rapid rise yeah, almost it's, overnight, hasn't it? It's, it's happened a lot quicker than we thought. He's he's kind of what we were hoping we were getting when we signed him and which we, 
I thought we did see early in the season. I thought he looked, I, I think I said to you, Phil, I, I really like the look of him early on. And then I think he's just got dragged down by the general malaise of the, the entire team. And, you know, he's, he's just faded into nothing like most of the team did. But we're certainly seeing now what what we obviously bought him for. You know, he's, he's a big lad. He likes a tackle. He puts himself about. He works hard. Um I don't think he's he's never going to be spraying balls around like Ollie Norwood, is he? But that's not what he's there for. He's there literally to win it. And you look how many times he just wins it and gives it six, seven, eight yards, simple. But a lot of the times, especially the second half, it was a forward pass. So first time, it was first half, it was getting it, winning it, and then it was looking sideways and sometimes going backwards. Second half, whether that was something that Wilder said to him at half time, but even though it was eight yards, it's still only an eight-yard pass. It was an eight-yard forward pass, and he was actually getting us getting us moving. You know, it was well, a ball into into Harmer or or into Archer, who, who I thought was outstanding as well. Thought well, led the well, line fantastically. Archer's been amazing. The work rate, particularly as he drifts into that left-hand channel, um, ball carrying. Like I can't. We've not for a while, even though we've been successful. There's not been many. So when like there's a what you'd call a hopeful ball into a channel, I don't think you'd be relying on Sharp to basically get in some front of someone, stick his ass out, and win a free kick. We've actually got in Archer somebody who'll go in a foot race and properly. And we're talking, we're not talking about mugs here. Brentford's defenders, Liverpool's defenders. He was a thorn in the side from both, mm. and the industry is he, showing just he's absolutely f- fantastic. He's that, strong, that in the second, Yeah, well, I was just going to say, that one in the second half where he basically just stepped between the man and the ball and just eased him out of the way and, and, and was kind of almost in on goal. Considering the, the lad he eased out of the way was probably seven or eight inches taller than him, it was, uh, you know, really strong. So, yeah, I, I was really impressed with him. I think just on the other 14, we're saying the most successful dribbles for the other 14 teams this week... There was Chi and Huang Hee Chan and um, Kudus at the top. Then it was Archer. And that, mm. you know, with Baptiste to Brentford. And then also with two at the bottom end of the table, but still in there, was Slimani. So again, it's just one. progressive. Slimani's another one. Now you've mentioned him. Clearly didn't, Heckingbottom clearly didn't fancy him. The very fact he played Fleck in middle of midfield at Burnley yeah. would, would suggest that. He looks a really, really tidy footballer. And I, know, I appreciate it's a very small sample size for 40 minutes or whatever he was on the pitch, but he did himself absolutely no harm whatsoever, didn't he? But he came on, he looked he looked good on the ball. He looks progressive. He looks like someone who, when he gets the ball, his first thought is, right, what can I do? How can I, can I go past this man? Can I play a pass? Can I have a shot? He looks strong. He looks, he, he looks like he's got a bit of, a bit of something about him, a bit of personality about him. Um, he certainly doesn't look like someone who should have only played. Fucking hell, what's he played this season? I bet he's not played. I bet he's not Probably played not even half an hour. I'm going to say, I bet, I bet he's not played a, a, a cumulative. I bet he's not played a half. Um, oh no, hang on. Didn't he start? Did he play against Arsenal? Did he play he at might, Arsenal? He played at Arsenal. He was played at Arsenal. So, so he's, he's probably not played a full ninety minutes cumulative all season. He didn't look like someone who should have, who sh- who's only played 90 minutes this season for a side as bad as we've been. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a, 
there was a lot of talk in the summer when he came in about like showed leadership and things like that. But um, he did the press as well, didn't he? He did the tunnel mm-hmm. interview match of the day, which was a bit unusual. Came on and arguably should have scored, and he's in front of the match of the day cameras. I mean, the so most we'd I'll... seen of him was pre-season against Stuttgart. And I thought he looked tidy. I mean, in a terrible performance in a very one-sided game, he he looked one of the better United players, albeit he looked technically good friendly. on Saturday. He looked yeah. like a very a technically very good footballer. We were Do you talking, think he... we were talking at pub before game, Phil. We were talking about footballers. The good technical footballers look balanced. They always look yeah. like they're, they're balanced, and he just he gave that impression that he never looked off balance. He always looked like he was in total control of what he was trying to do. Again, I don't, I, like, I don't like know where I saw it things. or whether I've read it somewhere or whether I overheard someone say it. So I, I can't credit whoever it was, but someone likened him to Zidane in the way he moves. And I think that's the point you're making. It always looks in control of the ball, never yeah. looks off balance. And I can listen, <laughs> he's a million miles off Zinedine Zidane, but I can kind of see what that point was trying to make. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought as well, you know, it's it. There was a break in play. He'd probably been on about five minutes or so. And Wilder had a word with him. And I don't know what, it was a slight tweak. And he, he just became, he just grew into the game from that point. There was something said that he just seemed to come on. And I know it was only the first five minutes, he's finding his feet. And he'd obviously had that first chance that arguably if he'd been on a bit early, you know, a bit longer, he might have taken, um, coming in onto that cross ball across the box. But... Yeah, there was something Wilder said to him, and I thought he just grew into the game from there on. Well, long may these green shoots collectively and individually continue because he's just this conversation is just a hell of a lot more pleasant than it has been for the last four months. <laughs> and if, if nothing else, you know, and it's sort of exciting. There's like We've got a, we've got some we've got some tough games coming up, but we've got some winnable games as well. Um, and not and it's quite an easy. And this isn't taking anything away from it, but it is almost an easy job for Wilder to just say, "Let's go and enjoy your football, lads." Like to Slamani, he's got nothing to really. He's got nothing to be ashamed about his United career. So far, he hasn't really had one, and who's to say, over the next couple of weeks. We see Traore coming off the bench with a natural bit of direction. I mean, against Liverpool, when he came on, that was quite... It was kind of nuisance. It was on for nuisance value and not much else, weren't he, really? Yeah, absolutely. He he needs a loan. I think if everybody, if we get such as Jebison back and obviously McBurney's coming back and you've got a few other options now, I I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out on loan in January. Send him to the Championship for six months. I mean, I, I, I personally think the same about Asula. I know he's, I know he's starting at the minute, but he's starting at the minute because needs must. Um, I think he needs a, a loan himself. I think he needs to go play regularly somewhere, put on half a stone of muscle, and just play week in, week out, and but at a level that he can compete at. Because at the minute, he's working hard, but he's not, he's not really offering a great deal. It's not, not digging at him. He's, you know, he's a kid who's again, if we were. If we had better options, he wouldn't be anywhere near the first team, and he's, he's doing what he can. But he's just—I don't think he's—he's—he's he's, he's even close to being Premier League ready at the minute. It's like with that chance first half, isn't it? When it just drops on his right foot, and he just doesn't. Yeah, he's—he's he's learning. He—he he, he took a shot, skewed it into side netting. I think 
some of the ground went up thinking he'd scored, I think. But yeah, it just well, he, he probably it, he probably dropped him. You don't feel it. You don't feel he's. I didn't. He, he dropped him there. He came out onto his right foot. He, he's not someone you're sitting there thinking this will work the keeper. I, I, you don't have that kind of natural confidence you might have watching someone else. It's funny that, though, isn't it? Because he's clearly an, he's, he's clearly got a, an ability for finishing. Yeah, finishing in front of goal one on one with a goalkeeper really is not a lot different no matter what level you're playing yeah. at. Hitting yeah. the target, it's hitting the target. Yeah. And he scores a lot of goals. And, and we're criticising me and we just said how good game Archer had. If Archer was a bit more... Dis- if Archer was as instinctive as we've seen at other times this season... He then could he have could two have... tricks in the last yeah. two games. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's not getting his shots yeah. off anywhere near yeah. as quick, is he? It's no. weird. Because he, he obviously thinks, oh, I might get the ball again in the 90 minutes I'm on the pitch here. So I don't have to just hit it as soon as I get it. Like... Because I'm yeah. I'm not used to getting the ball, but that um, was just my, that was just my one frustration in that you know we got in good positions again and just it was always just you know a touch too many. I mean this 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 shows what obviously there has been a, a kind of a, a mentality change and a mentality changing amount of the fans that we've we've got minor gripes here rather than major major yeah. issues we've been talking about for well pretty much all season. These, these are kind of minor gripes, aren't they? But th- does this does this not come back to how we started the pod? Wilder's big key thing when he came in is that connection with the fans, and we as fans almost universally, if we see players doing the non-negotiables as Wilder calls it, the working hard, running, putting the tackles in, meaning it, showing heart and desire, we can accept players not being up to the ability of the people are playing against. But you've seen that in abundance in the last two games, haven't you? Yeah. And 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 that's why I think we're obviously a lot more positive on the back of a win. But even if we hadn't a won Saturday and performed the way we had, I still think we'd be more positive than what we have been. Absolutely. So, talking of the next stages, we go to the quintessential basket case club at the moment on Saturday in Chelsea. God knows what eleven they'll be playing. All he wants know. some money to buy some more players, though, in January. Well, yeah, he want, they want Oshiman, don't they? Which I think we'd quite like him if he wanted to come. But, like, you know, life's life's hard, isn't it, Mr. Pochettino? I, I think Saturday's fascinating game. I think it's really... It, it, it could prove to be... Turning point's the wrong word, but, you know, we can go there. If he managed to go there and win... Well, People would seriously be sitting up and taking notice, but I think we are the sort of side that could frustrate Chelsea because we're not going to go. All right, I know Wilder's talked about we can't just sit there. What did you say, Phil, last week? You can't stick there with your chin out. Can't stand there all day with your chin out waiting to get knocked out. But by the same token, we're not going to go and have a proper swing at Chelsea. We're not going to try and match them up and 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 you know kind of play through. And we are going to sit in and we are going to be defensively solid. And that's the sort of team that Chelsea struggle against because they've not got, I know it sounds crazy for a side that's just spent a billion quid, but they've not got that kind of those game changers and that crew, that clinical finisher. So we are, this. I, I still, by the way, I still think we'll lose and probably lose fairly comfortably, but we are the sort of side that could frustrate them and the fans are, They'll be starting to get a bit twitchy, won't they? So Yeah, they'll turn quite quickly, Chelsea fans. Yeah, if, we, if we could keep it nil-nil for the first half hour, and, and really start to 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 kind of uh, to kind of get the Chelsea fans twitching a bit. Then you you've got to go. 
got to go the next two away games and stink. Well, the next three, it's going to stink the place out for the first half. I mean, Villa the game after is ridiculous. They are very man. good. They are flying at the minute, and I think, I think anything under come away from there, anything under four, I think it would be a good evening. I think we've, I think we've done all right. It will be a good evening, yeah. Yeah, but as for Saturday, I, I think you stay in the game and then we try to play on the break best we can. I think yeah, we, just keep, we, keep it keep it one nil or less up until the seventy fifth, eighty. Yeah, minute. kind of what we've what we've tried to do earlier on in the season: stay in the game for as long as you can and have a swing at them for the last 10, 15 minutes. Oh, also, who, who does? Who'd have thought though we'd be worrying, well not worrying, we'd be commenting on a match where we would have been missing our best player so far this season. And that's probably a bigger blow than we might have thought of if we'd been told it at the start of the season. You know, yeah, no Robinson. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he's brilliant. I don't think there's any debate if the season ends tomorrow that it's player of the season. 100% no. the only okay. one who didn't let his, his personal standards drop. And yeah. Quick he one. hasn't all season, has he? Quick one, because we've got not long before we do a quick score prediction for Saturday. And this one has been a little bit of a, a rambly pod, but I think it's a good way to to sum up how, uh, how positive we're feeling about United. Uh, but, like, Anola's captain, are we starting to, again, green shoots galore, but I think there's sign of an improvement in form. And he's he's doing the, uh, the old school Chef United book of defending and sometimes just booting the ball out of play. If he's unsure, which maybe we've not done for quite some time, but he's he's getting rid and and heading it and kicking it. I think that's I probably think the best bet for him at the minute because he's not been in great form. And I think if he again, if he just goes back to basics and just goes, fuck it, shell it, and then we'll you know shell it up with the end of pitch or stick it in the sand and we'll we'll defend from there. That's probably not a bad. It's probably not a bad start to to kind of rebuilding your form up. Quick predictions for Saturday, Phil. Um, two one blades. I'm with you on that, Ian. Two one Chelsea. Dan. Three one Chelsea. Well, me and Phil are the positive festive blades. Then two miserable fuckers. Uh, Grinch going to lose, but obviously Christmas Grinches. Um, we will do a pod before the Villa game after the Chelsea game. All being well, if schedules allow, and only one thing to say. Put the blades. Put the blades. Put the blades. Put the blades.